Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Happy Art, Jamie Ivy. I am your host, Jamie, and I'm super excited that you're here today because today my friend Faith Brooks is joining us on the Happy Hour. Faith is a writer and a speaker, a social worker, activist, and co-host of the Melanated Faith podcast, which I highly recommend you go listen to. She engages in activism by working with nonprofits to find sustainable solutions to systemic issues. The focus of Faith's work today is crafting a communal space where black sisters can explore rest, tenderness, and softness. And today we talk about just that. She has a book that just came out called Remember Me Now, A Journey Back to Myself and a Love Letter to Black Women. Today on the show, we talk about what it looks like to find rest. We also talk about why she wrote this book, who she wrote this book to. And I ask her, as a white woman, what does this book mean for me? You're going to really enjoy our conversation. Okay, y'all, here's my conversation with Faith Brooks. Hey, Faith, welcome back to the happy hour. Thanks for having me. I was telling you that it's almost 365 days from when you were on here last time because you were here last February of 2021. And then here you are the end of January. So I first want to ask you, tell me all the updates, the big ones. What's happened in your life in the past year? Yeah. So since the last time I was on the podcast, I got engaged And then we eloped two months later and I got married and then we got a dog. Um, I, I moved, um, to Maryland and we have just started this whole new brand new adventure together. And, uh, we just bought a house a few months ago. So, so much has changed. So I have to ask you this because I've never met anyone Besides, actually, my parents eloped. And so I always, I was going to say I haven't met anyone, but I mean, they went and got married in Vegas, you know, 47 years ago. How was eloping? Tell me about it. Oh, it was so great. So we ended up um, kind of putting something small together. Our parents wanted to be there. So um, my brother married us. My mom and dad came into town and Marcel's mom came into town. His dad wasn't able to come. So um, it was just like us and our parents. And it was just so cool. It was so relaxed, so low key. We had a photographer take our pictures. And then we just went out to brunch to eat. And it was so perfect. I mean, I had spent so many years when I was younger dreaming of this like really big, spectacular day. But then once I hit my late 20s and early 30s, I was like, you know what? I just want to be married to my person and I don't care about all the hoopla. And there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody's different. I just didn't want it. 
I wanted a house more than I wanted a big wedding. And so we got a house. <laughs> you know what? That is wisdom right there. That is such wisdom. I got married super young. And I remember my dad offered us $10,000 for it to have a very small wedding. And then he would give us like $10,000. And with more life under my belt, I look back at that 24 year old girl, 23 year old girl, and I'm like, girl, take the 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, although everyone has their thing. Well, congratulations. And I love seeing you on social media and all the things that you're doing. Well, I want to talk to you about something that is near and dear to your heart is just yesterday, you released your book, Remember Me Now, A Journey Back to Myself and a Love Letter to Black Women. Um, and I want to hear from your heart, just where did this book come from? Explain the title to me. And um, what do you hope for this book? Oh, my goodness. I uh, There's so many like deep feelings that I have about this book and, and about the title. So I was really compelled and saddened by what happened to Brianna Taylor and the collective response. Um, and everybody was grieving and upset. And the fact that we found out about her case like months and months later, there were just so many elements that made me feel like, why wasn't this a priority for her story to be told sooner? And why is it so often that Black women um, are given their flowers once they're gone? I mean, her face was on magazine covers, illustrations of her. They were everywhere. And once they had released the um, police report about what happened to Brianna and it said her injuries were none, I was so devastated to see that. And it really made me start to think, you know what? why is it that we aren't remembered now? Why is it that when we're gone, we're remembered and we're giving people their flowers and, oh, you were so wonderful. You're so great. And um, as I began to think of my own identity and Black women as a whole, I thought it is so important for us to be remembered now. And so that's where the title of the book came from. And as I thought more about it, I just said, you know what? I want to write something that's a love letter to Black women because I I longed to read a book um, when I was younger by someone that looked like me and that I could relate to, and I just couldn't find it, especially um, in certain Christian spaces. And so I just was like, you know what? I'm going to write it. And so that's kind of where some of this book has come from. And um, and you know, there's so many things I've written over the years that are in it, but it's just, it's a special book for sure. It is special. I got the opportunity to have it early before we interviewed and, um, read some and listened to some, uh, your team sent me your audiobook. So I listened to some, I read some, um, I want to ask you a question that I think a lot of people would probably be wondering. Um, I'll set it up like this. A couple of weeks ago, Vivian Mabuni, which I think that you know Vivian as well, was on the show. And Vivian has a podcast that she unashamedly says is for Asian American Pacific Islander women. Um, and I asked her, like, what is that? Where does that leave me as a white woman? Um, and she's like, I want you to listen. I want you to learn. I want this space to be for them. And I want you to learn as well. And so I want to ask you the same question. You know, you, you wrote this book because you said this is a book you wish you would have had as a black woman um, in America. And, and the book is full of letters. Um, what does this book mean to, for white women in America? Yeah, you know, I, I like to say that 
I think this is the book that I hope all of my white friends would read. Um, because I think there's so many things, so many stories and um, moments that I've included in here that are so vulnerable that people probably from you know years ago never really knew that that's how I felt or what I experienced because I just at the time didn't have the words or the courage um, to say like, this is what's happened and this is how I've been affected by it. And so I hope that um, my white friends pick it up and read it because I think it's important to experience and learn different perspectives and stories that are different from your own. I've done it for so many years now, um, found, you know, nuggets and pieces of, you know, good things and books that weren't necessarily directed towards me that, I mean, I, I might not have been in that season of life. I probably wasn't a wife or a mother at the time. Um, but I still read the book because I thought, you know, this will be great to read. It would be great to check out, great to see. And so I hope that people can have that same posture with this book just to enjoy it, support, and learn something different. I love that, Faith. You know, a lot of conversations in the last couple of years um, about, you know, injustice in our country um, around uh, people of color and and the way our country was formed and everything that we have endured. A lot of conversations go back to education, you know, and just like educating yourself about the past, the present, educating yourself about what your brothers and sisters might be feeling. And as a host of a, a Christian podcast, like my hope is that like as followers of Jesus, that we would care about people who are different than us, whether different location, rather sexual orientation, whether skin color, socioeconomics, whatever it might be. And one of the biggest ways that that happens, you know this, you just expressed it so beautifully, is that we get closer to things that are different than us. And we get closer to to people and um, social issues and just things that maybe we haven't experienced, we never will experience. Uh, and as a mom that is parenting Black children, um, I've seen that firsthand about how much um, my life has been changed because of my kids' experience. Whereas it's not their job to teach me, but I have really close proximity to them. Mm -hmm. And so I felt that when I was reading your book too. And I felt like, man, it gives me an a kind of a a window into something that I truly have never experienced. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get 
stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. I want to talk about a couple of your chapters. One of them, you had a chapter called Don't Touch uh, My Hair. And because I'm a mom of a black daughter, I I understand this um, a little bit more than maybe some of my other white friends. But that that sounds like a funny title and it's not a funny title. It's a very personal and, you know, thing that you and a lot of black women have endured. But you go deeper in that chapter chapter about just talking about beauty and what that was like. Can you talk share a little bit about that with us? Yeah. So, um that was one of my like I loved writing that chapter because it really took me back to so many childhood moments where I wanted to feel seen and feel beautiful. And I did not feel that way. You know, I was, you know, hanging out with the guys. I was playing on the street with the boys. And um, it was just a different experience. And then to go into college and I'm at a Christian university, predominantly white university. And you're seeing these girls, you know, go on dates and everybody's just getting booed up. And, you know, it was just different for us. You know, I had met my first boyfriend and that was great, but then we eventually broke up. And um, I just remember thinking during that time, I can tell the rules are different, you know, for me as a mm-hmm. black woman in this space. And, you know, I, I left feeling a little bit discouraged. Like, I don't know if I will find love or be loved. And so... Mm-hmm. It was really important for me to write about this because I know that I'm not the only person that's struggled with feeling or wondering if I'm lovable, um, if I'm beautiful, if I have the the room and the the space to show up as I am and be loved as I am. And so I wanted to write about this journey because I felt like sometimes we we don't always talk about it, you know, and um, we keep so many of these personal moments inside, but I knew that there were other people that could relate and I just wanted to speak to those people. 
Mm, I love that. And I think that like even there's so much of your story, obviously, in this book, woven through the whole thing. And it's one of those books and reading your stories where a lot of them I have never experienced um, and some of them I won't ever experience. But I think that's the beauty when we tell our stories, we're allowed when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable is that humanity, even though we don't experience a lot of the same things, we feel a lot of the same things. And so there's this like common bond as I was reading, thinking I may not have experienced that exactly the same way, but I've felt that before, you know? And so it was so encouraging um, to, to read that from you. Now you, you talk about hard things in your book for sure. Um, and you talk about healing from an abuse situation. And mm-hmm. that also is something that I haven't personally endured, but I have been hurt deeply um, in different ways. And talk about it, your decision to include that in here and what you hope for women um, who are reading that. My family asked me, do you really think you want to talk about it? Like, do you really want to put it in the book for like the whole world to read? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um I was like, yes, because I'm not alone and I don't want people to feel like they're alone. I don't want black women to feel like they're alone. I want people to feel seen and I want people to know that there is hope and healing on the other side of great pain. And I just really felt like I couldn't write this book and not include it because I honestly was writing this book during the most difficult time in my life. I mean, I probably cried so much while writing the book because I was still processing so many things. I was still healing and I was writing essentially what I would want to read during a tough time in my life. And I felt like if I can write this, if I can write something that's going to give people hope, that's going to make people feel seen, then that's a win because I know that there's people out there feeling lonely that may not have support or community like I do, but they want to feel like they're not by themselves. And that's why I wanted to do it. And I also feel like everybody's story is different, but I feel like God has graced me to be able to share it and offer hope to people in this way. Which I think is like this like amazing thing. I've already said it before, just like, and when I'm talking to someone like you, who's written so much of their heart on the pages, it is just this opportunity for God to use your story for something that is, is good that you could have never intended for something so terrible, you know? And I, I was talking to a friend just earlier about this, about how, um, we don't have to say like, oh, the terrible things that have happened in my life, I, I want to redo them again, or I wish it happened again. That That is, no one is going to say that. But um, can we say, oh, look at how God can do something with this. And I think that is even right. what I see in your writing and for that. And so the the book just came out. How are you still feeling about about everything that you put in here? Like I, I remember like there's been seasons where I've like released, even if it's a podcast and we can talk about your podcast and even a podcast. And then you're like, oh, wait, did I, is everyone going to hear that? Like, oh my gosh, what is it? Was there anything in here like that for you? Um, you know, I talk really candidly about my experience in college and, you know, sometimes I'm sweating a little because I spent a long time, like 
being quiet about my experience or only talking to my black girlfriends about my experience that went to the school and we just commiserate together, whisper, whisper, whisper amongst ourselves and the other people of color. But to say it like, and it be out there in the world, that that has me sweating a little bit. Empowered at all by, by the fact that like you, you get to like, you're not having to whisper with your friends. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'm like, yeah, how does that feel? That feels good. Yeah. Yeah. That feels good. I think I just know that there's so many people from school that still follow me on social media and their, their perspective, their love and adoration for our school is so different than mine. I mean, um, it is just not the same perspective at all. And I think I know that that's the case, but I'm so excited to speak my truth because, you know, 18, 19, you know, 21 year old me was trying, but so scared. And now, um, to be like so many years, you know, removed from, from college. I mean, over 10 years, finally being able to say, this is what it felt like. That feels really good. Mm. You have a line in your book where you say you want women to know that they can be alone, but not lonely. And um, can you talk about how you learned that? Yeah. You know, I honestly feel like I was kind of forced into that because um, after I was assaulted, uh, my mom ended up not too long after moving back to Texas. She had um, lived with me for a little while just to help me get settled in Atlanta at the time. And I was so scared for her to leave me. Mm -hmm. I mean, fear up and down. I just was like, you cannot go. And I just remember her being like, it's time for me to go. I, I, you need to have space in your life to do what, you know, whatever it is that God has for you next. But I just feel like it's time for me to leave. And I was, oh my gosh, I was so scared to be by myself. But I had such great community and people around me. And overall, just over the years of living alone by myself, I learned that I can be alone by myself in my space in the quiet but I'm, I don't have to be lonely. And there's mm. such an assumption that because you're single or you live alone that you must be, um, you know, lonely and sad and depressed all the time. And sure, yeah. there's moments of loneliness, but it doesn't mm. mean that you have this feeling of just being, you know, I'm constantly alone and, and I'm just kind of on this island of my own. Some people may feel that way. But honestly, you know, before the assault happened and once I started to overcome things, I got back to my center where I was okay with being with my own company. That was one of my favorite things to do, to go by myself, to eat in a restaurant by myself, to go to the movies by myself, to experience life by myself. Um, There's so many people who are single and empowered, not single and feeling, you know, destitute or whatever. And I really wanted to challenge that narrative because it's just not true. And even when you go through the hardest of times, like I was experiencing, even when I was having my greatest fears, by my mom leaving and making room, 
I was by myself and I had to overcome my fear so I could get back to my sweet spot of being okay with being by myself. And it took Mm -hmm. a lot of work and it took, you know, tears, but I did it. And it was one of the best feelings to leave that apartment knowing that I had overcome my fear of being afraid to be alone by myself. And I was able to reclaim my space and reclaim my safety. It's almost like sometimes we can't, you know, you said you wanted to get back to that center of who you were. And that would have been, I don't want to say impossible, but it would have been more difficult had your mom been there. You know, it's like you would have always had that crutch. Um, you know, it's almost like when you're when you're you're learning something and there's like a a um device that makes it easier, and then you take that off and you're like, oh, I have to do this. I also want to say, as someone who has been married for how long have I been married? 21 years, almost 22 years, who someone who has just because I got married so young and I lived at my parents' house for my last couple of years of college, I've never lived by myself, Faith, ever. Like I've never lived by myself. But I want to say that you can be with people and be lonely. Oh, yeah. And so there's this, like, there's this idea that like, oh, I'll never be lonely once I get married, once I have kids, once I have a roommate. And I think that it's so good what you're talking about because that doesn't always fix that problem and it doesn't make that never come back. You know, I mean, Aaron and I, we've talked about it a lot in 2020 and the first part of 2021 were like our hardest years of marriage ever. And that was COVID. We were in lockdown. I was around people 24 seven and it was some of my loneliest days. And that's just like, it does people don't solve that. And that's why I love that you're talking about it. Yeah. It's that deep internal, you know, peace anchoring that you continue to cultivate, you know, within you. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's something that my mom and I talk about a lot. And it's something that she would always encourage me with, you know, the world around you will be chaotic But you must learn to develop a stamina for your own inner peace. So that way, when Mm. the things are chaotic, you still find peace within yourself and you're not um, completely moved by the chaos around you. Mm, It's so good to not let that chaos affect uh, your peace inside of you. I think that's something I might be learning until I die, like keep revisiting that. One thing that I know that you talk about, and I've seen you talk about this before, is this idea of self-care for yourself and really encouraging in your book, um, Black women to really take care of themselves, not in the, I need to go out and get a massage every week, although that does sound lovely, doesn't it? Um, But what does it look like for women in general? And you can speak very specific to Black women as well. Like, what does it look like for us to take care of ourselves in different seasons because, you know, you're just talking about how your mom encouraged you, like even when the world's chaotic to find that, that peace, is that self-care that you're talking about or what does it look like for you to take care of yourself? Yeah, I think that's a form of self-care. And then also I would say um, for black women specifically, it's releasing ourselves from feeling like we have to save everybody And we have to fix it all. You know, um, when there's a lot of things going on, 
oftentimes, especially when injustices are happening, Black women are at the forefront leading movements and doing all these things. And I think it's, you know, it's great. I think it's awesome that we show up in that way. But at the same time, I also think it's great for us to just say, you know what, if I don't have it, if I don't have the capacity, I can take time to take care of myself. And I think Mm -hmm. that far too often we focus on everyone else and ourselves last. And I just don't think that it's healthy for us to live that way. In general, what I would say for people, everyone, when it comes to self-care, and it's something I'm constantly learning, number one is how can I rest not just sleep. How can I rest? How can I be internally rested? I used to not think there was a difference, but there's a total difference between sleeping and waking up and you feeling rested and then actually like resting my mind, my body, my soul. It's just at rest and it's at peace. I know when my mind is running 24 miles an hour, I could have slept eight hours, but it still was running. I woke up, went to bed tired. I woke up tired, went to bed stressed and I woke up stressed. Um, And so it's finding a way to find your anchor, find that inner peace. Um, And I, you know, for me, my faith is really what helps ground me in that way. And trusting God, which can also be difficult, but it's just, you know, trusting God in the midst of the unknown and finding ways to not feel so shaken and moved by the stress of life around me because there will always be something. And the other thing I would say for self-care is to truly you know, be okay with saying no, be okay with disappointing people. You know, I talk about this in the book, but you know, we always talk about be selfless, be selfless. And I'm like, you know what? I wish somebody would have taught me a little bit more about being selfish in some ways, because sometimes I need to say, that's just not going to work for me. I understand Mm -hmm. that might be what you need from me, but I don't have it, which means I cannot get done what you'd like me to. I can't show up in the way that you like me to. And I've even had to say that to friends like, hey, listen, you need something from me that I don't have right now in this season of my life. And so I'm not going to be able to offer you what you need because I have to take care of myself. And so, yeah, I mean, check on your strong friends because sometimes we're over here in crisis and we don't say anything. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just so important for us, especially if we are those people that are usually there for other people, to set clear boundaries so we can show up for ourselves and not feel guilty about it. That's so good. I was just thinking about Lisa Turkhurst's book, uh, Good Boundaries, Goodbyes, that came out last year. And she does such a great job of expanding on that. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. 
Miracle Grow is simply the best. When you were talking about like going to bed stressed, waking up stressed, and sleepy and tired, and I was like thinking, it's so it's all so seasonal and situational, and, and every person has different things that are going to make them feel that way. And I'm parenting four teenagers, and um, teenagers are awesome. They also bring me a lot of anxiety because they can't even be they're not even doing necessary something bad. I just know they're teenagers and I was a teenager. <laughs> and so my husband, Aaron, is always having to re- remind me that I can't rise and fall with them. And it, it doesn't mean I don't care what they're doing. It doesn't mean I'm not parenting. He's just trying to say like, y- you can't function if you're continually riding the up and down wave of who they are. And so as you were talking about that, I was like, that's what it would feel like for me if like self-care um, not necessarily like I need a bath and a glass of wine at night, although that sounds lovely, but I need to like deep in and anchor myself, my faith as well, to saying, I'm going to trust you, God, and not ride the waves of teenagers' <laughs> moody emotions, I'm yeah. going to say here. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a question that I thought of. You mentioned something about um, oftentimes when there is a um, social injustice that is brought to the light with media and social media, which we have... Um, I think thankfully seen so much of in the last couple of years, not the social injustice, but the brought to the light part. You mentioned that, and I've heard this from a lot of my um, friends who are black, is that there is this sense of like, I need to know everything. I need to have all the answers. I need to speak about this. I need to do the things. And I know a lot of black women do carry that weight. Um, Was Black Lives Matter started by black women? Yes. That's what I thought. So as as you were talking about that, it made me want to ask you as a friend, me as a white woman, you as a black woman, in those situations, how can I care best for the soul and the rest of my sisters in Christ, my friends who are women of color, who now I know, like you've just told me, they're going to be carrying a lot of heavy weight when we see a Breonna Taylor, a moderate, something like that. How, how can we care best Yeah, you know, I think some of the ways that some of my um, friends showed up for me in just the sweetest ways was like one friend sent me this really thoughtful um, self-care box from this company. And it was actually like a a black woman who would curate these self-care boxes of products from small black businesses. And it was just the most random and kind thing that she could have done. And some people were, um, you know, buying me dinner or coffee and just, you know, sending me a short and sweet message like, Hey, I I don't want to bother you. I don't even want anything from you. I just want you to know that I, you know, I see you, I believe in you. I'm thankful for you. And if you need anything, or you need space mm-hmm. to talk, let me know. And a lot of this was from my white friends and they were really kind in doing that. And I felt like it was a great way for them to reach out to me and to show that they cared. Um, and if they did have questions, they would ask kindly, like, do you have the space or do you have the emotional capacity to answer this question? And, um, and they were okay with my answer, whether that was like, yes, I do have time. Um, or actually I don't have the emotional capacity right now, but can I get back to you another time? So I think that in and of itself was really kind and a great way for us to like engage together. Just acknowledging the yeah. pain, acknowledging the tension. I think that goes so far. And 
that's across the board. I remember just recently, um, where was, I think it was in Denver, the shooting at um, a club, um, LGBTQ club in Denver, I think it was the the last one, which is sad that I'm trying to think of the last one. I remember a moment where I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who is gay and I brought it, I brought it up just like casually as if I was bringing up the news. Like I wasn't saying it to him because of that. I just casually said it like he was at our house and he said, um, yeah, that hit me really hard. And in that moment, I thought to myself, oh, it didn't hit me as hard because I'm not gay. Mm -hmm. And he said that hit me really hard. And it was a reminder to me that when things happen that involve a particular group that is not a group that you find yourself in, it hits people harder than you. And um, it was just a reminder to me in that moment of acknowledging, reaching out, caring, which is like what you just said. And I think that is something that we could all learn collectively as humans is to care when things happen to people that don't really affect us. And I think that's what the churches have to work on a lot in the past couple of years, maybe an understatement of the year. Yeah, but. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They're just caring. Which I'm grateful for people like you who use your voice to elevate um, stories of black women um, for us to all hear. Last time you were here, we talked about Black History Month, which is one of my favorite things that we did last year was really having a conversation about, you know, why do we celebrate Black History Month? And um, in a couple of weeks, um, Jasmine Holmes is on the podcast awesome. and we're talking about, I love Jasmine. We're talking about um, women in history that we might not know about who have made such a difference in our, in our country uh, who are black women. And so I'm super excited about that, but I'm gonna put you on the spot here because I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but you, would you just recap for us? Because here it is, we've got like 10 more days till Jane until February and it is black history month. And, um, while I feel like we've come a long way, um, I told you this last year, last year when you were on the show, I remember being in high school and having the thoughts of like, why do we need a black history month? You know? And, um, by the grace of God and in 24 years of aging. Um, but would you just give us a little like recap, just remind us, so why does it matter that we have conversations um, around Black History Month? Yeah, I think Black History Month is a great time to remember and celebrate those that have gone before us and just to remember the history. You know, when you see in the news um, injustices happen and you see the Black community um, or Asian American community or whom, whomever, whatever group starting to get like upset and feel like passionate about like, why is this happening? Like, what's going on? Like, just know that we see ourselves in that injustice. Mm -hmm. It was Brianna, but it could have been me. You know, it was a mod, but it could have been me. Like that's how, that's how it feels. And it's important to remember history because you'll see that Ahmad and Brianna and George Floyd are one of, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives that have um, been taken unjustly. And this is not something new to our community. But if you're not connected to history and really understanding the roots, not only is it hard to empathize, but it's harder to move forward and bring about change. It's harder to, um, you know, really petition that people be in a posture of lament and wanting to repair the harm that has happened. And 
we have to know true history in order to move forward. And, you know, there are so many, so many obstacles these days to having conversations about this is what actually happened. Um, and why? And I think we don't need to be afraid of the the ugliness, the hard parts of history. We need to remember it so that we don't repeat it. Um, and I think sometimes we have a hard time engaging in the act of remembering and acknowledging. And so therefore, we see a lot of repetition with the injustices mm-hmm. and Um, the move towards justice and equity feels very slow because there's a lot of, um, you know, resistance when it comes to remembering. Remembering doesn't make us bad people. It doesn't make, um, you know, it's not to make people feel guilty. It's to empower people to move forward and to be a part of change. I love it. Empowering people to move forward forward and be a part of change. Um, Faith, I'm really grateful. I'm congratulations on this book. Um, the book comes out, it came out yesterday. Remember me now, a journey back to myself and a love letter to black women. I encourage you all to pick it up uh, wherever you get books. I would love to find out what you're reading these days and what you're loving. Jamie wants to know, Jamie wants to know. We want to know what you're reading. Yeah, so... Um, I just read a book on leadership. It's called Leadership on the Line. It was a really good book. Um, And I also just read a book by Renita Weems um, called What Matters Most. I love Renita Weems. Um, She's a black theologian. And I just, I love reading her books. I'm trying to read every single book that she has. I have another book from, um, from her on the way. And I just love the way she talks about God and faith and, um, I'm just really enjoying learning from um, more Black women theologians and the way that they connect um, our experience with faith and God. It's just been really inspiring. So yeah, those are some things I've read lately. I love it. You said that you're watching Severance. Oh my gosh, yes. And I um, have only seen like three episodes because I've seen it on airplanes and that's all they were playing. Do I need to keep going? Yes, you're missing out. You have to keep going because yes, because the first, you know, when you when you kind of like ease into it in the beginning, it's it is a little slow, um, but you have to finish. If you're on episode three, I, I think it starts to pick up around episode four. But by the end of it, you know, your jaw jaw will be on the floor, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, what just happened? So I've been very intrigued, but it has been kind of slow, but I still, it still has me on my attention. Aaron's out of town for the next couple of nights. I think I might, uh, dive back in. You have to. Um, by myself. Cause he hasn't been watching it. That's, that's the, the dilemma I have here. You know, I don't know how you and your husband are. We don't watch a lot of shows individually unless we're out of town. Yeah. And so it's hard to get it in. So he's gone. I might catch back up tonight with it and I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Um, Faith, congratulations on your book. Thanks for coming back on the happy hour. We're cheering you on over here. And everyone also go listen to your podcast, Melanated Faith, um, hosted with a friend of the show as well, Catherine Freeman. And so uh, you guys are in, you have launched your new season, haven't you? Yes. Yes. We launched season five. So we're just diving in. Thank you so much. I love all conversations. They're my favorite conversations because you could talk about traveling to like the deepest conversation. Like you just, I love it. That's the kind of conversations I love. So I love what you and Catherine are doing. Uh, Faith, thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thanks so much. 
The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive produced by Jamie Ivey, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, show notes by Ashley Miner, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.